good to see everyone again. You know, I feel like I, uh, I'm in trouble when, when your speakers run up to me at about 10 minutes till and ask me to preach. Um, I don't know if he's more nervous than I am because, you know, it's uh, after we eat, everybody is filled. And there's a certain expectation on Sunday afternoons. You take a nap. And uh, we don't want to take a nap just yet. So uh, I think I have something here that at least for me, it, it, it gets my attention. And I want to share with you some of these thoughts out of Second Corinthians in chapter 1. And I want you to answer this question as we go along in this study. Ask yourself this question. How have I allowed God to use my experiences to help others? As we go through this study, I want you to answer that question. Only you can answer it. How have I allowed God to use my experiences to help others? It's important. There is nowhere else that we should have to look to in order to get and find help than our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. But are you ready for that? Are you ready for your next neighbor who is sitting right beside you this afternoon? Would you, are you ready to help him? Are you ready to help your sister? It could be anything. Are you ready for that? You might be thinking, oh, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I can help. But to what degree are you asking, Brother Birch? That's the question, isn't it? But God really is asking you to be there for somebody when they turn to you for help. And that's just the way it is. And I want to tell you the reason why that's true. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 3, Paul here says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And God of all comfort. Amen. What a beautiful statement. You could even say. Which I believe. This is a kind of prayer. That Paul is praying. And he is praising God. In our prayers. We need to praise God too. Right. Well Paul here is praising God. Why? He is the same God. The same father. As he was to our Lord and Savior. Just think about that. Think about that for a moment. The same Father that Jesus prayed to is the same God that you and I can pray to. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Now, that's pretty cool. But the fact that He says that this is the same powerful God on our side, that's even better. I mean, what other... Where else are we going to turn to? Who else? President? Congressman, representative, library, tablet, phone, Google it. You can find an answer for anything on Google. But is it going to be the comfort that you need? That's the question. And the kind of comfort that he talks about here that he says, read it again with me. 
who is the mercy, father of mercy and God of all comfort. Now, that to me, if you draw a line in your Bible, I got lots of lines in my Bible. But if you draw a line in under this, that he is the God of all comfort, that suggests to me that any and anything that I can come against, I have God on my side who will help me through it. And that's the God you can have and should have and should believe on. That's pretty powerful to me. You know, I'm thinking about Jesus as he prayed. Now, listen to Jesus in uh, chapter 26 of Matthew. He says, my he says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Oh, my father, endearing terms. But listen to this back to verse three of Second Corinthians, chapter one. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father. He is our father, too. We're his children. He's our father. And we can turn to him for the kind of support that we need. Do you need support? I just wonder. Are you OK? You're cool, right? I can handle it, right? You guys. Some of you look like you're pretty powerful and you do some weightlifting. I don't know. That might be a stretch. But <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you run. I like running. Some of you like running in 5K races. Walking, running, same thing. But I love running. I just love it. But what, is all that, what does all that mean if I don't know who to turn to in the time of my greatest need? And know who I can depend on. And you can be sure that no matter what it is, Paul says, he is the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, I like that. And you should, too. All right. Second thing. Verse four. Who comforts us in some of our tribulation? I misread that on purpose. Now, notice he says, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Now, I don't know about you. That is the greatest fact that I know of. First of all, the word comfort, it's an interesting word. If you trace it down in Greek, I'm not a Greek scholar. I'm just going to tell you that. All I know is that this is the same word that is translated helper when it's referring to the Holy Spirit. That Jesus promised would come. And he would be the helper. Your helper. My helper. Comfort. And he says that comfort is important because we all face problems. All of us. Some of us have different problems. I have a son. His problem is drugs. I'll just be honest with you. He's had a serious problem with that all his lifetime. We adopted him when he was 11 years old. His mother was an alcoholic, a drug addict, a drug fiend. We've tried to pull him out of that mess and give him something. Not us, but with God's help. But he still fell to that problem of addiction. We all have our own monsters. 
We all have those temptations. Yours could be something entirely different than that. Could be lying. How many of you had a problem with lying? And you go, oh, Brother Bruce, I used to be a teenager. <laughs> Look, people get in real serious problems with lying all the time. Some people can't even tell the truth. We see people break promises all the time like it's not, no problem. So people have problems. Some are so deep, can't even get to it. It's so bad, so terrible. And there are people in, in the church, folks, in the church that's faced sexual abuse. Physical abuse. Terrible, awful, awful things. Where are they going to find help? You know where? The only place. It's not going to be on drugs that the pharmacist is going to give you. It's not going to be on drugs that the psychiatrist is going to. Although those things, I'm going to tell you, those things can help sometimes. I'm not going to stand up and say I'm a doctor and I know what I'm talking about because I don't. All I can tell you is that the bottom line, in the end, no matter what the problem is, the root can only be taken care of by God. And you have to know that that God up there can solve your problems. If you believe him. He says, I am the God who can give you comfort. Paul says, who comforts us in all our tribulation. I just don't know if we really believe that. And that's really the bottom line, isn't it? If we really believe it. Okay, let's continue on. Why is this important to you? Okay, why this is important is his next statement. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Uh Uh-oh. That's when we feel a little bit discomfort. You mean somebody's going to depend on me? Yeah. He says the reason why we go through these issues and problems and experiences is so we in turn can help somebody else who may be facing similar trials or similar troubles or problems or issues in their life. But you know what? Sometimes we're not friendly enough. Sometimes our attitudes are off standard. Sometimes we push people away with our attitudes. And that's a signal to everybody else. I don't want to talk to him or her. I don't want to go to them to try to have somebody help me along the way in order to overcome these terrible issues that I'm facing. And so they go elsewhere. They go out of the church and try to seek help. And that's terrible. That's awful. That's not what the church is supposed to be about. That's not what the church, that's not what Paul is talking about. He says, you are experiencing what you're experiencing in order that one day you can help somebody else. That's important. It's like being on a team. And all of a sudden, depending on your teammate and turning around and that teammate is gone. Where do they go? It's like being on a football team, lining up on offense and looking up there and you don't have somebody hiking the ball. 
you're not going to go anywhere. You need the support of your fellow brother and sister, and you need to know that that's your responsibility and mine. Okay, he says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a reason. That's the beauty of experiencing issues and problems and things in life. It's in general. And I don't think he's talking about here things. You don't need to know about drug addiction to support and put your arm around your fellow brothers and sister and say, I want to pray for you. You don't need to know what it means <laughs> having a drug addiction to show somebody you care and love them. Verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or if we comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. So all that simply means is Paul says, hey, if you just live and practice what I'm talking about, you can overcome whether it's in good times or bad times. It's just a, it's that simple. Look, life has its ups and downs, right? Nothing is ever straight, constant. You don't know what's going to be thrown at you. You don't. I don't. Some people face just terrible things I've never faced. Troubles, cancer, disease, heart problems. These are terrible things that people go through. And they need to know that they have a family that they can turn to. And that's called the family of God. Now, Paul doesn't say all this. Uh, just to preach and teach something that's theoretical. So Paul gives us a illustration of what he's talking about. So in verse 8, he says this, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. Do you know what it means to be burdened beyond measure? Have you ever been there to that point where you have been filled with so much stress in your life that you just feel like just one more, just just one more and I'm done. I just won't be able to handle it. You ever been there? All right. Then he says this. He says that we were burdened beyond measure. Above strength. So that we despaired even of life. Have you ever been to that point in your life where you despaired of even life itself? That's that's a terrible spot to be in to think that you won't be able to live the next day. That's a sorry state to live in. But you know what Paul says? We despaired even of life. Yes. Verse nine. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. You see, the bottom line behind trouble, the bottom line behind trials, 
You know what the root of that is? The bottom source, the bottom line. You know what God's trying to get us to do? To trust in him. And that's tough. When we're facing crises, whether they be financial, whether they be whatever it is. The bottom line behind all that, what God is trying to get you to do and instill in you is this idea that you need to trust in me. That I will comfort you. That I will deliver you. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that's easy. Verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. I think that's pretty powerful words of the Apostle Paul. That he has that kind of faith, that kind of trust in God whom he says that we will trust even yet today that he will deliver. Do you believe that? I don't know. Some people say yes, but man, wait until you're in some real trouble. You need to know you have that kind of faith and trust in God and belief in God that he will get you out of that problem. All right, verse 11. You also helping together in prayer for us. I like that part. See, all, all this, and then he, he, he includes this part. He says, now, your prayer on our behalf was critical. Do you pray for your fellow brothers and sisters? Do you? Or you just go in your room and just pray for yourself? It's important. Paul here says, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf, for the gift granted to us through many. I like this idea that this uh, this thing he's describing, this fact that he could turn to the fellow brothers and sisters and say, your prayer, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking like he's describing that prayer as a gift. That's pretty special. That's pretty powerful. To know that whenever I pray for you, that is a gift. And so that's part of the answer of facing problems and trials. So I want to end that up today with you. These are some very powerful verses that Paul is reminding us of. Number one, that God and Father, the same God and Father that Jesus prayed to is the same God and Father we have today. The same Father is the Father that gives us comfort no matter what situation. Our experiences can be and should be and is used by God to help others. You don't don't ever forget that you can be a light to somebody in your church home if you allow it. So the question is, Are you allowing God to use your life experiences to help others? You need to answer that. You need to say, have I helped somebody over the course of my lifetime? If not, why not? What are some of the hindrances?
Why haven't I? Is my personality rubbing people the wrong way? Hey, look, there are people that rub you the wrong way. There's no doubt. There are people in the church that are like walking sandpaper. They just rub you raw. But they still, like Paul says, we're still are one. Whether you're weak, whether you're strong, it doesn't matter. We're one body. One member suffers, all the members suffers. One member rejoices, all the member rejoices. This should be that kind of relationship in the church. And if you are not opening up yourselves to help somebody, you need to ask why. You need to go to one of these leaders and say, what can I do to put myself in a position to help somebody else? Amen. You need to do that. Quit making excuses. Quit expecting somebody to help you. Get up. Lift yourself up. Pull somebody else up. Look, when you do that, all your problems become less important. All right. We always offer the invitation to anybody here that needs prayers. And we offer that right now. This brothers and sisters here will be more than happy to pray for you, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. Won't you come as we stand and sing this song?